Hi, and welcome all back to Transvox. And um, it's a beautiful day, lashing down with rain in the northeast. And I say it's beautiful because actually, apparently, it's good for the gardens. How's it, how's it with the duck department, Jen? Well, I hope ducks well in Stoke. It's actually pretty overclassed. And um, as for overclassed. my garden, over, overcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the sun doesn't come out where I am. Somebody will nick it if it does. I mean, and I've only got a very um, six by three yard in the back. So as for gardens, I don't really care. But yeah, six, it's not raining. Six, We're all right. Six by, six by three yards. That's pretty big. Oh, I don't know. I'm not first. Yeah, six yards. I don't know. Small <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I could lie down in it and that's about as far as it goes. Very good. Well, um, uh, well, it's been an interesting week and um, I wanted to sort of, um, uh, for those who didn't listen to last week's episode, we had um, a parent of a, a trans child. On yeah, the, the Wonderful Dawn. Wonderful Dawn. And um, it was a really fascinating um, podcast. And I thought it was interesting to have someone on, but we didn't get a chance to sort of discuss it and have a think around it. So, and also talk a little bit about what it means for different people and different styles and, and the whole subject. So I thought it'd be quite useful just to to unpack um, yes. some of these issues. Because there's no doubt that if you think about a bell dive, a bell, you know, a bell curve, which, you know, that, that you have a, two extremes and you have the vast majority of people in the middle. And I think Dawn was actually quite remarkable, actually. She had this oh, yes. quite amazingly matter-of-fact, um, just completely coping mechanism, didn't she? So she just seemed to accept the news. I mean, I don't know what it was really like when it really happened, but the way um, Dawn sort of seems to have rationalised it is, is really quite remarkable. And I know there's lots of people who don't, but all, all I could think about all this week was I wish I wish Dawn had been my mother. I think that would have been, I think that's my biggest conclusion from that podcast episode. I know, don't know if Dawn would agree. <laughs> yeah, Paul, yeah, I don't think Dawn's got the time to be all our mothers, but I mean, I think I think it's really good. I mean, it's a lovely story of it. Of, and I think, yeah. yeah, you're right. Thinking about that, in a sense, when you turn matter of fact, that acceptance of this shouldn't be a drama. Yeah. You know, you're supportive as a family and it doesn't need to be a drama. Right. And that's what say, I heard from Dawn. It was about yeah. love and acceptance yeah. and about, you know, loving people who, who they are and your family and who you are. But also this does not need to be a drama. This is, this is no. you know, normal part of life, you know. But the thing I is, I was lovely. That, yeah, but the thing is, of course, and what we're not saying is that you have to be like Dawn, because actually no, no. what clearly Dawn was doing is being like herself with her own family and her own unique situations. And, you know, the, you know, you haven't got to look at the, the situation that we heard about and think, oh, well, why can't my partner be like that? Or why can't my mum be like that? Because actually you're a different person with a different mum in a different situation. It's And I think sometimes when he tells positive stories, I think a lot of people can sort of sit there and get slightly... Indeed bent out of shape a bit because they think, well, why haven't I got that? And I think it's important to say, you know, we're presenting one story. And there are hundreds of examples of people who come out to the parents, come out to the spouses, and it is it is a th- is horrible what can happen. I'm sure you've got some examples. Yourself. Yeah, I've I've heard I've heard it in the work I do delivering training where people have talked oh, I was contacted by a, a young trans man um that works with one of our employers whose parents told him um, if he transitions, you'll have to leave home. Mm. And at the moment, as a young person, a younger person, how can you afford to leave home with the rents and, and yeah. in mortgages, right? You know, that sort of, and that's why too many trans people end up isolated and lonely because sadly some families, thankfully, I think overall it's still getting better, but still too many people yeah. are, not, are not accepted. And, and, and that is, 
it's a tra tragedy for everybody. Even even Dawn talked about it, a certain member of her family who, because yeah. of their attitudes, is you know, is lost a bit of connection with her family, yeah. and you know, you know. So you, I mean, I can't imagine any circumstances where I would want to, in any way, sort of disown or withdraw from family members because of who they are. You know, but, but I, yeah, and and I, and I get you, but but I think it's 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 important to say that. In the sense that we have our rights to, sorry, I'm just moving up and down here on the seat because I'm all, it's awkward at the moment. I'm, I'm balanced on a cable and, the, and I'm sliding around on the cable. Hang on a sec, just move the cable over. You're sitting on oh. the cable. Well, the chair's on top of the cable, and it's like yeah, well, we are it's we like, are high tech here. We are, aren't we? I mean, it's a pretty big cable when it's so big that I can fall off it. Uh, <laughs> the chair's on the cable. No, the thing, I, and I forgot what I was going to say now, but it was going to be, I just said just this, it was going to be brilliant. I know, I think the thing I was, was going to say was, we, 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 we'd love people to accept this and all this sort of stuff, but it's not an inalienable right that people have to. No. And the fact that someone doesn't, it's their rights too. I mean, you know, I remember when um, I talked to, I've talked to um, spouses, and you know, often uh, female spouses of trans women who say, I don't want to be a lesbian. You know, I don't, I can't viscerally, I cannot be one. Therefore, I can't accept you as a, as a female because to actually accept you would mean that my, my sexuality has changed. And and now what you're doing is you're sort of comparing and you're, you're sort of ranking people's rights in the same way that we expect people to accept us. If someone doesn't accept us, we've sort of got to accept that. It's a sort of paradox, isn't it? No, I mean, I think, so I think there's, I think there is. I think there's a difference. We can't force anybody to, in a sense, in relationships are always complicated. And it, you know, yes, it could be that, but there'll be other aspects where where uh, people change within relationships, and and those relationships don't continue. And you know, you you can't force somebody to, for instance, with sexual attraction, to be attracted to you if you're presenting differently. I mean, I I, I guess. I mean, that, personally, I've, I always find that feels different than you know, in terms of other relationships within families and with children yeah. that, that i do struggle with that idea yeah, of um there is somehow whether you would distance yourself or not but I, I can understand how difficult as we discussed i can understand that that sense of of loss the sense that families could have or parents have for their child that they may not that image they have about them growing up getting married having children having a wedding those sort of things you know those pictures picture book images we have in our mind that that might not pan out in that way but um, so I can see the differences, but yeah, and yes, it, I I knew that. I mean, as you know, we both were married. I, I I was married. I, you know, I didn't come out to um, to my my wife um, until the marriage had broken down for for extensively other reasons. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I'm going to go too much into it, but it wasn't because I was trans. When when I reflect on it, maybe me being trans and me not being. Yeah absolutely at peace with my body and my sexuality and things like that must have had an impact yeah. on, on my wife. It must have. Um, and, and for that, I feel, you know, I feel sorry, you know, because it must have had an impact. Didn't realize at the time, I just thought I was trying to, to cope and, and stuff. So I'm, I'm not sure. And, um, you know, there is a version of the world where I transitioned to my wife and we stayed together. And I've seen plenty of examples of that as well. Yeah. The life is complicated, but you know, um, you know, if people, everybody understand that none of us who are trans do this out of any sort of whim, you know, 
idle thoughts. This is not something you do without having agonised. This is not some. This is not your life until you've weighed up all those um, those those potential difficulties and the effects it has on on the people you love. Yeah. It bothered me, worried me that I knew my mum and dad would find it difficult. Yeah. And I, and you know, to this day, it it bothers me that I knew that they must have been knowing them they would have been disappointed to hear that news yeah. uh, when i when they found out that i was trans and certainly when they found out that I was transitioning um then that, that you know I, it would have been great if they had been more comfortable with it and therefore been able to be more openly supportive at the time maybe um not that, not that they weren't you know anyway vocally against we never had any bad words about it but it you know, but it bothered me because I knew what I was doing. I was affecting them. So I don't think we've got the right to say to our loved ones, no. you can't feel how you feel. Exactly. But I do think if we can, I mean, it's all down to education, isn't it? If we can cut through the, if you can cut through the bullshit and the hate and the, and, and the press at the moment and, and everything else that's going on and actually see people for people and understand that, you know, you can't stop somebody being trans, they, they, you know, yeah. no more than you can stop them being six foot like I am. I mean, just, well, you could yeah. cut my legs off. But, I mean, you know, it is, you know, there's inevitability about it, I think, for many of yeah. us. That, But it's important to say as well that, um, you know, parents throw their kids out for all sorts of different reasons. They throw them out because they steal and they drink and they, they get on the wrong side of the tracks. They throw them out because of all sorts of reasons, as well as being trans. And they also throw kids out for no reason as well. So there's a sort of... We, we sit here sort of saying, you know, uh, our parents should be perfect. But, you know, I find this in my own therapy practice. Many parents are not perfect and they don't have trans kids. But, no, and they're course. just, they're hideous with their children. And, you know, there's a vast majority of, there's generations full of people going to therapy who have been extraordinarily badly parented. I mean, it's just, well, just about, just about everybody in saying for therapy and, and the vast majority of those people aren't trans so i think when you when you're trans and you look at your parents and you think oh they're having a go because i because i'm trans that's true but it, it you know there are lots of reasons why parental and, and and family relationships break down and um you might argue that if it breaks down over transness it might have broken down over something else i mean it may not but you know, I think I think there's a there's a sort of a stereotypical you either accept me or I don't. But it's quite interesting, you know. I would say that the probably the numbers. I, I don't know what the numbers say, but I'd be surprised if it's probably about fifty fifty those parents who accept their kids and who, who don't. However, there's also a move today that there's a sort of weaponization of children's issues. No, I think that's and, what. Yeah, I think that's yeah. difficult. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I I would I wouldn't say fifty. I don't. I have no evidence to base fifty fifty. I'd like. No, no maybe idea. we we we're more likely to hear about stories where things aren't working out than are. Correct. I guess in my line work, and it is difficult. Yeah. You're right about that. What is that? Philip Larkin poem. Your parents they fuck you up or something. Excuse my language. I'm very sweary today. Yeah. Wow. You, you know. Yeah. You said work but, earlier. I mean, what's the matter with you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Did I was. It was. I, I only reminded of it because it was on a television show like the other day. But um. It, yeah, it, yeah, I think, but there is a difference between, you know, problems in families for behavior and problems in families because of who people are, whether they be lesbian, gay, whether they be bisexual, transsexual, queer, or any part of the community, because that's who you are, not how you behave. It's who you are, you know, yeah. ultimately. And, and to be disowned for who you are or to be, you know, cast aside for who you are, you're not what you've done, not, not a behavior or something you've done or mistakes. You know, we all make mistakes and, 
rational that, but for, but to be treated, you know, in that way for who you are, is is can be so traumatizing, you know, and uh, it's probably a reason many trans people don't transition because the fear of that, yeah. you know, I, I don't understand that. And it's fascinating, isn't it? And the and the thing to say is, there's actually. It, the way the way education's changing now, there's sort of new guidance in the way that the relationship with kids and teachers and kids in schools mm. and the the need to inform you know for teachers to inform parents and such like and often school can be a place of safety when families are not and um, you know it's important to maintain as many places of safety as as possible and the way guidance is changing at the moment is is interesting but you know you've got if you're a kid. You've got to have that conversation with someone. If it's not with your parents, then it's got to be with someone else. And sometimes there are other people in your family you can go to. Because um, often, you often find that, don't you? You often find that your parents might disown you, but your auntie's okay with it. Yeah. So you can, and it may well be that, you know, because, you know, you see a lot of stuff on Facebook. Sorry, I show my age, Facebook. Um, <laughs> you know, the communities and such like, where they say, oh, my family have disowned me. I'll never see them again. And actually, you know, it doesn't have to be quite so black and white. It's possible no, for it people to learn, shape, and grow. And we know that the re- the primary reason that people, you know, may have prejudice against trans people has never met them. And often no, you true. find this, and often you find this reconciliation with families as long as, the, as somehow the doors left open. And so that thing, I mean, and, and Dawn actually told that story last week about saying, if you if you ever want to come back, the door's here. But if you want to come yeah. through the door, you have to accept my daughter is my daughter. And and that. That's fair, isn't it? Because actually, it's not like you're climbing down off your high horse. You can just come back and say, Do "You know what? I get it now." And and I think yeah. we've got to be careful not to slam the door so tightly. No, that no, people can never come back. I I absolutely agree. And um, you know, um, you know, it's amazing. You know, I don't have as much touch with my extended families as I should, and that's probably must be partly my failing of not reaching out and getting in touch with aunties and cousins, right? And I don't know what that is. Maybe, and I don't think probably I was brought up to value extended families as well as I should. And, you know, and maybe that was it. And I'd often, I'd hear, from, you know, I think I'd hear from, I mean, mum's passed away now and God, I love her. But I mean, I remember she would drag up some slide that had happened at a wedding 20 years ago that still bothered, you know, that's never been my mindset of that. I, I'd never, yeah. I've always struggled with that idea. And, and you know, yeah, that, that door should always be open. Um, you know, people say things and say hurtful things in families that they regret. And, you know, trying to keep that door open is 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 important. But, yeah, I, it's complicated. It's difficult. But I I still think things are things are and they will get better. The, I, yeah. I don't imagine families, you know, um, you know, when people come out as lesbian and gay now that in the 80s, it was, yeah. you know, awful for many lesbian gay people growing up in the 80s and coming out to families who didn't understand and i think i'm hoping that's improved for instance to a time where people feel accepted yeah you know and those those stories that you saw in dramas and things about you know um that that you know have changed now and um and so hopefully it will happen the same for trans people because I'm, I'm i'm confident it will but yeah, no, I, I think you're very wise in that, Jill, is, is, is never keep that door slammed, even though, you know, somebody when you've transitioned might have said something mm. um, in the heat of the moment or something, you know. Mm. Um, we only get one. We only get one family. But it's interesting, yeah. isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a northerner, I come from the north, and 
it's actually quite a common thing up here for families to fall out. And, you know, when you fall out, they fall out in quite spectacular style. So there's, it's quite a common feature of relationship here not to be talking right. to your parents. And that can right. be for years. I mean, I didn't wow. speak to my parents for five or six years. Wow. And I mean, just that was it. We had a span for one reason or another. It had nothing to do with this, but, um, you know, we didn't. And and it's and I think culturally that can happen in certain places. And you just don't, um, you know, it's just one of those things. And it's, it's yeah. quite fascinating. There's an idealized view of what a family should be. And there's also the thing in therapy where actually, you know, what you have to do is you have to learn to grow out away from your family. Because often you meet another person and, and then you realize that actually your parents, you were part of their family. And now you meet someone and you create your own family. You, and, and you sort of leave that other family or you, it sort of extends away from it. So it's a natural part of evolution, isn't it, to 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 um, to move away from your parents? If you if you maintain yes. a relationship with them, fine. But it's often the making for people. I mean, think of all the stories about I left home when I was sixteen, and you know, and I would join the army, blah blah blah, blah or whatever that story or narrative is. Um, there's a lot of dysfunctional families out there, and there's a lot of brilliant families as well. And you know, no, as no, you say, I, I, it's fascinating. I, 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 Absolutely, I think it's really interesting you say about it's like that where you are in the north, in the northeast. Um, Stoke-on-Trent, where I live, is very interesting in a way. People don't move very far. Mm-hmm. Stoke's made up of six towns, and people who live in Burslem, half of the family still live in Burslem, which is one of the six towns. Yeah. And Longton is the other side of the universe. This is very niche stuff, but it was it noticeable when we were looking at childcare that there was there was a need for it, but there was so much within Stoke-on-Trent that families were still living together and supporting each other, you know, living just a street down, that people don't move like they might do in bigger cities or um, or elsewhere. Um, I don't know if that is still the case. It certainly was 15, 20 years ago, which was really interesting. It's just a, so it's about that, that that community, I guess, in that in that way. And and these are, and again, generalisations, but but it is certainly true. I, I regret not having a, keeping in touch with my bigger, extended family did you ever i mean i've never told this i talked about this and did you ever tell you about uh my cousin i'll try and be quick i'll try and be quick because you know we thought so um when me and my brother were growing up um we did see a family in stafford which is 15 miles down the road it's where my parents mm. are from um and so our auntie and uncle and there were two cousins who me and my brother used to go every saturday and play with similar age to us a couple of years younger we'd go and play in the park we were the closest to them as any any family growing up, you know, going playing in the car, pay upstairs, you know, great fun, right? And um, a brother and sister, our cousins were. And uh, when we grew up, we drifted apart because we didn't go over and see them. You know, we were growing up, parents didn't go over. We went off to university, completely lost touch for years, really, you know, not for any deliberate reason, just growing up. And then I transitioned, I think, in 2005. And um, I don't know whether I found out through facebook or something that my cousin um had transitioned wow. and i had no and, and my cousin um became allison mm-hmm. and i had never had neither of us had any idea she didn't know until she'd found out about me and got in touch that either of us knew that we were trans growing up for instance there's no signs or anything it wasn't that we were you know kids we were just kids Right. Yeah. So I had no idea. It's nothing genetic, purely personal. So I found out it was amazing. So I got in, and I got back in touch with Alison and I went over to visit him. Alison was in a it was an interesting was in a civil partnership with another trans woman, Carrie Ann. And um and they were in a civil partnership. 
And yeah. then I think it was around about the time the law changed so you could get your birth certificate changed through the Gender Recognition Act. Yeah. And they'd been able to do that. But to do that, they had to dissolve their civil partnerships is where the nonsense. So yeah. their civil part, because their civil partnership was both in uh, their assigned sex of birth gender, because that's what the law was. Now they've got these certificates, they could get um, another civil partnership, it was before equal marriage, but they had to dissolve the first one. So we then yeah. had a civil partnership and marriage between uh, Carrie Ann and Alison, my trans cousin and her wife. And wow. they had this civil partnership. And uh, we went to do this in Wolverhampton. And I remember the day. And it wasn't only that we were both trans, they were both Wiccan, which is, I think, a branch of Ju oh, yes. Druids, right? Yes. So the, the, there's me going along with my mum and dad. I'd, I'd just transitioned. I mean, bless her, my mum, she was from the small towns of Wales, as you know, chapel upbringing, sort of religiously conservative for the very small sea, you know, sort of not worldly wise in religion terms, going along to this trans civil partnership Wiccan wedding where everybody walked, stepped over a brush and all that sort of oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mum was absolutely brilliant. She loved every moment of it. It was the most completely not what we're used to in terms of traditional weddings. And it was amazing and it was just brilliant and it was amazing to find out that my cousin just and it's there's no genetic there's no idea it's just statistics no. right and 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 found that my cousin allison and it was great a couple of years ago, sadly allison passed away early so in you know in the 40s uh amazing person she used to teach um skiing at a local dry ski slope and it's amazing life um allison um but i tell you but you know, and that was and that was really sad. And then when we had the funeral, because of the law, she got referred. Oh, not because of the law, the funeral she got referred to in her old gender, which really saddened me. Yeah. I yeah. found that really sad. The parents have been supportive, but somehow that happened, and then that felt that was really sad. But it's amazing. Families are amazing. You never know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. You know, and I love that. Um, I'd, I'd forgotten about that until we started talking about stories. Really, I, it's shameful that I'd forgotten about the yeah. fact that there was, you know. And, and somebody it, asked me whether we influenced each other growing up. Of course we didn't. No, no. Was, I was I did everything when I was when I was ten and eleven. Nobody would have known. Gosh, mm. it's yeah. not like you can smell it, is it? It's one of those things. The, no, um, no, it's, it's not like we were play, I was you know playing with the girls' toys or anything. It wasn't. I didn't have that mechanism. I wouldn't have ever wanted to do that in case people guessed my secret. So you know they yeah. wouldn't have seen. You know we were rough and tumble kids, really. Yeah. Fascinating, isn't it? it? There is actually. I've been looking some because I'm quite into the science of all this, and I've been, I've been um, just doing. I've been listening to an interesting series on Radio Four about um, eugenics. I don't know if oh, you've right. heard it. Fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Um, very yeah. interesting. Keep it light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, well, it's, it is actually fascinating. I mean, eugenics, in a sense, in a sense, is, is well. But, it, but actually, the, the more the more you listen, the more you think about this, there may actually be a a proper DNA thing about transness. Yeah, because uh, it is it, it is a characteristic, and okay. um, yeah, and, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna dig in a bit bit more depth about this because. It seems to be that if if DNA and 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 um, alleoids or something like that yeah. create the color of your eyes, you know everything about you, then it would make sense that they create that your concept of gender and and affect your your supposedly binary chromosomal patterns and such like. Yeah. So it is interesting how actually I think I probably think in twenty years time no one will be thinking about transness in this sense because actually we'll just realize 
it's just a, another genetic thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, could, I could definitely. Is there it a different sense? sense I, thought eugenic, I thought eugenics meant something a lot darker. Did you mean genetics? Well, no, no, eugenics. No, no, eugenics is the you know is is. I mean, eugenics got a uh, got a took a nasty turn in the thirties. That's in the only reason in my brain. I thought, well, yeah, with this gel. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. keep it like. <laughs> I mean, there's way of getting clear. There's way of getting listeners, but maybe a step too far. But, uh, <laughs> no, yes, I mean I, eugenics as a subject. I mean, it, it's 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 a fascinating subject. Uh, I'm just I'm just going to just Google the actual definition because I don't think it's. It, it, well, it, it's it's become known as about planned breeding and racial improvement, but it is yes. this, it is it is actually goes back to the work of Mengele yeah. and the peas and all that sort of stuff and and the theories of how you can affect affect the ways of making um, you know future gener generations change. And really fascinatingly, do you know where the idea came from? I don't. No, well, everyone I, thinks, I of course, it's it's German, but it's actually American because it comes from, needless to say, the uh, influence of um, people of color and blacks and slaves and such like. Right. Okay. Racial profiling and such like. But actually, yes, it's like all branches of science. It's like it's like when you um, it's like when you invent a, a weapon, you know, or a technology, you can use it for bad, you can use it for evil. But eugenics is simply that. Yeah. So it's become it's become how a something works. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, been, yeah, it's been hijacked, you know. Yeah. And um, and and you know one of the biggest stories about uh, eugenics is this idea that um, there's a, there's a family that did all these terrible things because of eugenics, and it was of course all completely fabricated, a little bit like a person that identifies as a cat. And of course, that's been all the rage over the last two weeks. Have you seen Nonsense. this story? Never it's happened. Have you never heard this? Well, apparently. Oh yeah, no, I've heard of it because it, it came. Yeah. It, it was happened. In, it was in. A, it happened in. A, it came on the, the the YouTube's and things in America. So I know it was yeah. in schools in America where somebody, it was Alex Jones or some crazy YouTuber, you yeah. know, um, or alt right was talking about the schools putting litter litter trays. That's it. What Do you know I why? Do you yeah, know why because, they because school shooters, because exactly. they wanted to, they, they, they wanted to be, you know, if kids, that is as dark as it gets. Kid, they provided these as a yeah. way for children to cope if they were under the deaths in lockdown. And that yeah. got twisted, as the world is at the moment, to something to attack trans people with. Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, it gets caught on by people well, with an agenda of, over in this country. And he's just... It was the sign of, of Eamon Holmes, Eamon Holmes licking his paw and pretending to be a cat, which directly went back to the idea of, do you remember George Galloway? I was going to say was on somewhere the big breakfast. Being a cat. <laughs> God. God, George Galloway's got a lot to answer for, but that, that image is, that's, uh, is indeed... That's something, no, but yeah. isn't, it, isn't it that, that you know, that non... That, which is a really dark story at the start of it as to why this literature was in a school um you know school shootings got twisted in the current media to be a to become a bad way to attack trans people and then got picked up over here yeah and, and in and, some, and new zealand and australia they've better. had their own thing yeah they've had their own scandal about it apparently but yeah, you know yeah. well, and and sometimes it, there just comes a point where it can just the thing is because that's these things are so stupid it actually shows the idiocy and it shows up the people who are pushing this stuff and the more we can, I think the more we can laugh at this story and laugh with the story, I think it shows us to be quite human. Because the more we open arms and yelling and screaming and shouting, I think actually that's that's how we re-weaponize the debate. So I think I find it quite hilarious. Mm. And 
Yeah, and it's, it's, actually, I I thoroughly enjoy poking fun at people who are who are sort of talking about this because actually, I think we can humiliate them through a sense of humour much better than we can. In fact, there was someone on TikTok. I'm just showing me because I'm down with the kids. I was watching Kate TikTok, and a very topical male comedian was take, making fun. I think of dissenters around this 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 very thing. And humour is pretty powerful, isn't it? And that's what you want. You just want people being shown to be idiots through humour. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that, but I do think I agree with that, and those people need ridiculing. But if it's picked, there is a responsibility for the media because it does feed into okay. that idea of, and it just feeds into that overall nonsense and anti-woke sort of language and all this, and it feeds into that that awful sort of trope idea that the this that right-wing comedians, so many of them fall back on this lazy joke about, well, if um, um, if, trans, if trans men are men, I can identify as an attack helicopter. This is how it sort of started. Yeah. It's become a meme, a joke. And But, you know, comedians like Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais traded on this, this lazy, yeah. cheap laugh. It's, at, it's, at just, a it yeah. it's just, just a joke. It is just a joke. And there's been, you know, there's been, thankfully, there, if you're, if you Google what Nish Kumar, the comedian, had a response to, to Ricky Gervais or James Acaster, I'm not going to tell you what they are because they're quite sweary and have sworn enough, but they give a brilliant riposte to some of those high-status comedians picking on for easy laughs on a community. Well, tell, by tell, using us the this riposte. tell us the riposte without swearing. I can't do either of them. Um, do, but was, do, I can't do it without very swearing, but um, uh, James Acaster opened his routine. Right? James Acaster's a brilliant young comedian. Well, young, he's a 30s, brilliant comedian and trans positive comedian. He spoke about it before and he, he's, his tour that I think you can download is, is, was very successful. He opened it up, pretending to be sort of caricaturing these ed, so-called edgy comedians. So he'd walk around the stage. I'm an edgy comedian now, which is not who he is. You know, he's, he's a whimsical comedian. And he'd be, and he stands up on our stage. So I'm an edgy comedian now. I, you know, I, I say these things, you know, and I'm challenged. If you, if you can't, you know, you want to challenge me, you know, you, you're weak, you know, that, you know, I'm edgy, right? And he kept on and kept on. And I tell you, you've got to go to the trans people and then they, they've had it too easy. And he just takes the mickey out of it and building up a mumble boy. And, and, you know, and then he moves on to say, you know, um, and then he sort of explains that at the end of this, this bit of a routine where he's, pretending to have a go at the trans people and saying, I tell you, you know, because the, the, the joke is, is, is Ricky Gervais is going around saying, you can't say anything these days. You can't say anything these days. You can't be going just, you know, this anti-trans joke. And then he goes at the end of it, I tell you what you can't say. You can't take the mickey out of Ricky Gervais because yeah. I got, because of what happens on social media. These are powerful people. And the same with J Dave Chappelle, who, you know, I had a little protest on Netflix and canceled my uh, Netflix account for a month. Because they because of they promoted his anti-trans and some people left some employees left the organisation because he again was using this very lazy. It's not even funny, you know. And not that it should be that should be a difference, but it's not even funny. It's lazy picking on a minority, the smallest minority that's out there that's the butt of the jokes. Yeah. And those are the it's, two it's, most notorious ones. I can't yeah. do the routine justice. Nish Kumar does a brilliant one about about that uh, and about saying this idea that um you know men would um you know um dress as women to go and to form sex acts and you're telling me a sex criminal criminal is going to be put off by a sign on the door and that sort of stuff it's worth just googling you can probably find them on uh, on youtube um 
so there are there are allies out there, particularly in comedy, that that because yeah. I'm, I'm I love my stand up. Um, but there are too many that are quite happy to say, "Oh, you know, I've, I'm edgy. I should be able to say what I want." You can. Nobody's stopping you saying it. It's like this yeah. stuff: how how people are cancelled. Nobody is cancelled. All the people that are cancelled are columns in the bloody papers and are on GB News and all over YouTube. She's off. Cancelled. Yeah, I'm off on one. I'm off on one. <laughs> you started me, but there's no such thing as no, being cancelled. I think cancelled. you'll find. I think you'll find you started yourself. I know. I just start myself. <laughs> JK Rowling's not cancelled. Nobody's cancelled. We're not going down the jacket. We're cancelled because we never get, we never, nobody ever asks us to go and they don't want to talk about trans stuff with trans people. Anyway, you'll be doing toilets. I'll be calm. I need to be calm. Calm down. Sorry. This is not, this is not your blood pressure. No, I know. Well, yeah. No, no, no. I'm calm. I'm calm. I'm perfectly calm, but inside burning with anger, righteous anger. Well, I tell you what. And on that note, because we started off talking about families, and we're in a really good mood. And as usual, well, I'm still in a good mood. You brought us on comedy, and I think it's great. No, no, we're in. A, listen, really listen, we've, we've even done we've even done eugenics in this episode. Yeah, please don't. Can I say, please don't title this podcast "Families and Eugenics." I really will get an audience, but not the audience we want. Do you know what? I hadn't thought about that until you mentioned it. That what a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I say, you know. <laughs> well, I tell you, you what, do, I've got. You do the editing. I've got. I think we should probably come to a close now in this letter. But next week, in fact, in fact, just sort of news, news, news to come. Two things. The first thing is uh, Jen and I are going to do a little bit of a series on how you rebut anti-trans rhetoric. Yes. Because we thought it'd be really interesting to give you some ammunition out yes. there. So if you hear these sort of specific things being said, like this, this, and this, so you know. You, you can come back with a sort of smart answer. Yeah, and, not um, a ranting bit like yeah, I've just done. Like right. you just done, yeah. yeah. So, we'll, yeah. so we'll be showing, we'll be modelling how you should do that, having just <laughs> yes. given you the how not to do that. No, how not to do that, <laughs> how not to win an argument, and then we will try and, <laughs> we'll try and do that. I think that's and great. And the other thing, the other person we've got coming to join us quite soon on the podcast is uh, Reba Roche, who is a drag artist. Oh, who is right. doing a one-person show right across the UK, and um, and I've said uh, we and they're going to do a, um, a twelve-hour fundraiser, and they're going to raise funds for um, the charity that we support and for their own show as well. So I said we do we get them on and talk about the world of drag because I love drag and I know some people are quite anti it, but um, you know I just think it's it's a thing, isn't it? So we'll. we'll I don't know we'll, enough about it, but it's so current at the moment. And yeah. Let's talk, the news. let's do drag. So, yeah, that's, um, yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah. That's good stuff to come. That's good stuff to come. We're going to do serious, thoughtful, logical, and we're going to do <laughs> guests, and we're going to have conversations like today, which are all over the place. Um, indeed, indeed. <laughs> just, now, should we finish off with families, or should we just say goodbye and i'll see you next week i think we've probably tested everybody's patience enough and right. um, um, um and i look forward to next week and who knows what we may cover despite what we planned speak soon depends how much you trigger me see you soon everyone take care thanks for listening to this episode of transvox it's been a joy to have you with us um, if you want to um, make contact with us, you can contact us at gillian at transvox.co.uk. And if you'd like to support the work we do, please go to Patreon and go to page Transvox. And all of our money goes to our nominated charity. And Jen, you've chosen the charity for the next number of episodes. Which one have you chosen? 
Our charity is called Beyond Reflections, which is a charity that provides support and counselling to trans people, non-binary people and their friends and their families across the UK. An amazing charity doing some amazing work, really important. So please, if you can give. Great. And if you want to go and have a look at Beyond Reflections, it's beyond-reflections.org.uk. And uh, But as I say, if you'd like to make a contribution to what we're doing, because we love to help the people who help us. Uh, again, if you've got ideas for um, the show, things you'd like to ask us, questions, comments, applause or um, brickbats, feel free to send it all Absolutely. in to Gillian at transvox.co.uk. Until the next time, goodbye. Bye-bye.